It's like their survival mechanisms, which is like their fight or flight mode, is really on loudspeaker right now. So most people have swept their fears or insecurities under the shame. You know, most people just kind of distract and brush it under the rug. They get busy with something else, with work, their routine. And what I'm noticing now with my clients is that it's just really on loudspeaker. It's like calling at them to like pay attention and... All right, we are live. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast where we dive in on relationships, love, lust, dating, science, philosophy, psychology, so much more. We're also on iTunes, so make sure to leave us a review if you're listening in on there. Uh, if you're watching here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button, hit that like button so you can get automatic updates and you won't ever have to search for another episode. Again, this is going to be fun. I have uh, a guest on here today. Uh, we've known each other for quite a while now, actually. It's kind of this is going to be an interesting story because like where we met is where it all began. So this is awesome. Um, but Juliana, uh, thank you for so much for coming on the show. You are um, a coach, you empower people, you just a, a force to be reckoned with, I guess, in, in the industry. And you're, and, and I wanted to bring on, bring you on here and discuss some things. So uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored and delighted to be talking with you and your audience. Yeah, this is going to be a good conversation because we talked a little bit uh, beforehand about what we're going to focus on and things like that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about how we met. I mean, Soga 10.0, it was where it kind of started for me. It was one of my first group kind of coaching courses. This is like back in 2017, I think it was. And uh, we weren't in the same accountability group, um, but we did manage to stay connected through all of that. Um, so what was going on during your time there? I'm curious to know, like, why, why did you join uh, the School of Greatness and, and like, what, how did that all come together? Yeah, I knew that I was like needing some sort of like push to get me in the direction that I wanted and not having the structure was like the thing that was kind of getting in the way, you know, my shenanigans and delay and making it complicated were really present back then. So I decided to take the School of Greatness because I'd been listening to Lewis Howes. He's awesome and for some time and, you know, I was like, why not? This could be the thing that really gets me in the direction that I need to go in. Um, You know, at the time I was like thinking about switching jobs and careers. I was already thinking about coaching and I was about to move to LA. So I was just going through like a big transition and I needed like some extra community and support through that time. Mm, Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for at the time. I mean, I had all this information in my head stored and not only that, I was going through a transition period in my life too. I was going through like a pretty bad breakup as well. And so, yeah, that's how I found so. So that was great. And then so uh, you managed to, I guess, create uh, something within Zoga, which is great. I I managed to create something as well. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about your journey and, and how that looked like for you. Because, I mean, not every one of us goes through the same thing. So I'm curious to know, like, what it looked like for you. Yeah, I find each personal story so unique, you know, and like your own and even my own. Um, you know, I had been working in biotech. I have a degree and I was doing research and the research and academia world is really challenging and tough. And 
you know, I found myself a few years in thinking like, this wasn't the thing for me. Like, I don't know if I'm even going to impact some people just because it takes so long to create a drug and get it to market. So I went into the corporate world and started doing like a corporate job that, you know, it was fun and exciting at the beginning, but a few years in, I was already like, is this what I'm going to do for the next 30 years of my life? And that like sank in and I was like, no, this mm -hmm. is not what I want to do for the next 30 years. And through my own like journey of self-discovery, listening to Tony Robbins, listening to Lewis Howes, like listening to different people podcast and just working on myself, I found coaching. It just kind of landed in my lap and I was like, man, I would really love to help people reach their full potential. Like what kind of, how fulfilling is that? So that felt like my calling and I just kept being called to it and it pulled me. You know, I didn't have to like push to make it happen like other careers felt like. So this is how I found myself in this career. And two years ago, I made the jump and quit my job and haven't looked back since. Yeah, here we are. That's amazing. And I, I can feel you so deeply on all the things that you said there, because I mean, when I was first starting out too, like I first, I first didn't know what to do, but things just started to fall into place naturally. And I don't know what it was inside of me that made me a great coach, but what was inside of you that just naturally, I guess, you know, pushed you there? Because like for me, I had to find out that reason and it took me a while, but I don't know, did, did you have like more of a kind of ease, like an ease, easy way to be, I guess, initiated in or like? Yeah, I think, um, I think most coaches probably like yourself, you know, you're a pretty good listener. Like your friends have already told you that you're a good listener. People already come to you and they were coming to me, whether it was just to talk, to have like a listening ear, to get advice or just to like ground them. Like I can feel your energy is really calming and grounding. And I think that is what attracts people to us. Um, so I started feeling like an inclination and like a knowing that that was like a skill of mine. Um, also, I think what makes me a good coach is my natural curiosity, like that childlike curiosity. I'm just curious about people, like what makes them tick, what makes them like the things that they like or not like the things that they don't like. Mm. Um, but you know, it still takes a lot of training. I think coaching is an art. It's not like a science where it's like, you know, these are the facts and just follow these steps and you'll be a great coach. I think it takes years to kind of mold like your coaching style. Um, and I'm still in process, still learning what my coaching style is and expanding on it. Yeah, you mentioned something really important there and the growth factor for me is, uh, and then this is what stops a lot of coaches, I think from being coaches is they think they need to be millions of miles ahead of people to start their brand or to start coaching or to get this training or this and that. You just have to be like a little bit ahead of people and you give that knowledge to the best of your ability and then that's how you can start coaching because essentially it's just getting someone from point a excuse me to 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 point b and you know so i love this and then we we've had tons of conversations about this and you know it's, it's just great to, it's refreshing to hear the the conversations that we take place um but you know so I guess like we, we talked a little bit about some of the commonalities when people approach you or people approach coaches in general. And, you know, so how do you, how do you feel 
or what do you think is the one one of the biggest things that are affecting people right now even and and what are some of the requests or advice that you're being presented with and and asked to give your two cents on yeah you know there's so much going on in the world right now um the thing that I've noticed, I've noticed some patterns with my clients. You know, at the end of the week, me and my boyfriend will go for a walk and we'll talk about like, what are some of the things that we're noticing about people this week? Because everything is so quickly changing that it's like, even every week things shift. Um, the thing that I'm noticing most in people is that it's like their survival mechanisms, which is like their fight or flight mode is really on loudspeaker right now. So, mm -hmm. Most people have swept their fears or insecurities under the shame. You know, most people just kind of distract and brush it under the rug. They get busy with something else, with work, their routine. And what I'm noticing now with my clients is that it's just really on loudspeaker. It's like calling at them to like pay attention and shift it, heal it. Um, and that's in also in relationships, you know, we're kind of like stuck you know, I'm stuck at home with my boyfriend and my roommate, and I've talked to other friends that are stuck also. Um, and you know, it's funny because like arguments have to be fixed quicker. You know, you can't just like be mad at each other and then like go out of the house and go party or whatever people usually do. Like now things need to be talked about much more quickly. So it's mm -hmm. like there's a speed up in processing both internally and externally because of this, like, I like to call it Q time, quarantine time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome, yeah. So I, in some ways, I think there's like, just this like, w like massive healing going on because like now we can't avoid distract or justify like the things that we used to do or avoid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that play on like QT time because like it's, it's quality time slash, you know, quarantine time. But I, I get that. Like, it's couples are faced with um, a lot of, I guess, headbutting, more kind of open, open communication, more face to face, because of this quarantine. And yeah, I've I've noticed a jump in numbers in my group as well. So I run a divorce group, and like, you know that. And I've seen a jump in my numbers because, you know, I guess people are just at each other's necks and they can't handle it, so they're looking for support. So I get it. Um, so what are some things, and I love this segue, what are some things that, you know, you and your boyfriend have incorporated, um, I guess, to kind of combat this? I mean, you know, obviously, it, it can get sort of heated, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, you know, living together, you're, you know, even with roommates, when I think back to myself, like, even with my roommates, we would be at each other's throats. And, you know, we're not even intimate with each other. So imagine adding a layer of intimacy and then, um, you know, having to, to, to deal with so much. So what are, what are some of the things that you guys do in, in close quarters that keeps you kind of grounded and, and keeps you on the right page? Yeah, I think we've created some routines that support us. Like we do certain things together. Um, like we go for a walk in the evening and then the morning. Um, during the day, we actually don't have too much interaction because like I'm in my little office or in my room and he's, you know, out in the other area. But I think it's important to create like your space and their space so you're not constantly intermingling. Um, the other thing that I find important too is for you to have like your own solitude. I think sometimes when we're in relationships, we tend to do everything together. And I find that like, at least for myself, I need some time of solitude where I can just go paint or read or just go on a walk by myself. So I've incorporated like my own time as well. Um, 
Something else that I think I find useful is over communication now. Like if something is bothering me, I need to address it real quick. So I just give myself a rule that I'm gonna communicate mm -hmm. even if it's uncomfortable what I'm feeling because if not, it's just like a mental distraction throughout the day. Like, I don't think we realize how much energy we're spending trying to like control our feelings. And if we just expressed it, it would really just clear up a lot of that fog and that um, emotional energy. Yeah, that's uh, not common advice. Most people would be like, no, just, uh, you know, let it blow over. Or um, I, think, I think it's important to get it off as well as, as soon as it's a uh, thing but i'm curious like if it ever let's say you guys are you know having a heated moment when you're in that kind of state where you're like okay i need to i need to address this but then it starts to get heated what are some things um that leads you guys to a path that doesn't lead into like a full-blown argument and and um so how do you guys calm down and stuff like that in the midst of yeah, I think it's important to get really clear about the intention of the conversation. So we need to, like, I make sure that when things get heated, I want to make sure my partner knows that we're on the same side. We want the same things. We want to work and be together and have the best relationship that we can. Um, and sometimes when you're in a heated argument, it starts to feel like you're playing defense rather than being on the same team. So I remind my partner that like, hey, I'm on the same team. Even when I get defensive, I get defensive a lot also. And, you know, my partner, Josh, has to remind me like, hey, you know, like I care about you. I'm on the same team. I'm not trying to trigger you on purpose or, you know, confront you. Um, so those like simple reminders like that we're on the same team, fine. That really helps ground me and kind of opens me up because I think when in yeah, relationships, that's... we can easily go into defense mode and we try to protect ourselves. And then it leaves the other person feeling alone or isolated and abandoned. Yeah, that's super sage advice. I think intentions, and it always comes back to intentions, I think, even before the relationship, it's like, what are your intentions with me? And then when you, we get into these next conversations, like, okay, let's, what are, so now that we know the intention of what this whole relationship is going to be, what are the intentions of this conversation now? And then you can break it down even further. And so I think it's just, you know, having the same kind of intentions or values or the way that you align certain things or you see certain things in the same kind of way is important, right? What you didn't, uh, what you did mention, and I kind of want to elaborate a little bit more too, is um, you said you have some uh, extracurricular activities that you do on your own without him. And, and why is that important for you? Are you just naturally introverted or is that just something uh, you just, I guess, found important and you valued it more in regardless of your relationships or not? Yeah, I think it's just nice to have my own thinking space. You know, when you're in a space with someone else, like a lot of their energy or thoughts, like subconsciously are there. Like we can't feel it necessarily, not feel, but what is the right word? Like they might not be saying anything, but their energy is still in the space. So I think it's really mm -hmm. important to be able to ground into like that foundation of yourself um, for me at least. And I think that I'm reading this book it's like the feminine energy needs some space for itself to like really reflect. So I use my solitude and alone time to like reflect, think about the things that are going on. Um, and it's almost like my little adventure time with myself, if that makes sense. No, that does make a lot of sense. I think, 
I think uh, introverts do this very well. Like I'm, I'm naturally introverted. So like spending alone time is super important to me. And a lot of extroverts don't really uh, understand that. Well, they're starting to understand it now because like the information is out there. But before it was hard time trying to communicate to my extroverted friends or even my extroverted girlfriend at the time uh, that I needed some alone time or that I needed to just have some space, which is really important for me to just kind of disconnect a little bit or ground or whatever inserts whatever um, cue but yeah no I think that's really important underrated for a lot of people um, whether you're introverted or extroverted is to give yourself a little bit of time uh, doing the things that you love uh, because everyone commingles uh, with each other to the point where I think you become enmeshed in each other's lives and that's a disaster waiting to happen I think I think that's where a lot of codependency issues start to happen not to mention if you guys ever did break up you know you'd be a disaster because everything you did with that person was you know and then everything moving forward is just going to be a reminder of that person so yeah I think that. it's it's also like you know we absorb a lot of people's thoughts and their what they say and like giving having that quiet time is just a time to process like all those things that people say and what you've absorbed so that you can actually integrate it rather than having their thoughts and their what they say be your thoughts you know the mm -hmm. great point about like the ego is that it's like communicating with the outside and listening but you don't want every voice to become your own you want to find your own voice yeah, absolutely. I mean, before, you know, I think growing up, you know, as a teenager for myself, it was a lot of influence, you know, by either social like media or the rap music or, you know, it wasn't my own voice. And I think it takes a lot of time or a lot of soul searching, I guess, deep meditation to kind of really find that true deep inner voice. And, um, you know, I was excited for Soga when that happened because, you know, I, was, I felt like I was kind of coming into my own during that time when um all of this was kind of coming about i felt like i've lived enough life and i'm like okay how do i apply this how do i kind of take everything that's in my head and kind of apply it to my life it's not just like in my business but in relationships and i and i see that you've done that as well and, and it's carried over and, and things like that so good job um let's talk a little bit about uh we, we talked a little about um like what's important in relationships and things like that but you know let's talk a little bit about some tools and skills that we should have you know not just necessarily in relationships but something that we should just have in general so that it amplifies our relationships and you know we talked a little bit off off, off air about you know focus and you know why it's important to really just hone in on the one thing that it is that you need to do and you know so let's talk a little bit about that what's your what's your take on like focus and 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 just focusing on the one thing and trying not to confuse yourself what's what's your take on that yeah you know during this q time i think it's like becoming even more apparent how much focus is important like i don't know if you've noticed this for yourself but all the distractions from the outside have kind of like you know they're a little bit lower like there's not a bunch of like decisions that I need to be making whether where to eat what should I do on Friday what should I do this weekend it's just kind of like simple right like we can only really do one thing we can only stay home yeah. maybe go for a walk and I'm actually finding like this whole new side of myself and a new relationship with focus through this cute time <clears throat> 
you know, already focus is super important. I think we live in a day and age where there's so many distractions. There's like notifications, social media, and those things pull us from like that focus, deep work that we need to get things done. I was just listening to this, I think it was a podcast podcast or a video, and it was talking about how corporations now, because they value our time rather than our results, people are just kind of filling in time rather than actually getting to the to the result. And I think result mm -hmm. requires focused. And I think that's what's like the most successful people have. Like they have pure focus. Like we have focus on the things that we want. And it's like the the one thing that we focus on, like your podcast, your business, you know, my coaching practice, um, writing is important to me. So in order to get to the things that we want, we really do need to focus and this is actually a time to recalibrate ourselves with this Q time because we're seeing now how distracted we can be. And this is actually probably as focused as the world is going to be at any given point that at least so far that we've lived. Um, do, you see, do you start to see people buckling down and, and trying to focus or do you see a lot more people kind of losing it a little bit and and letting that get the best of them and and not following through what's your what's your opinion do you, what in, like are you seeing more of that you're in la right so you see a lot of people probably so what's your take on 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 that yeah actually i'm up in san francisco but it's very similar um and you know there's two sides of the spectrum there are people like my clients they're like wow this is great like i have time to now put do all the projects that were on the back burner, write that book, you know, start that uh, podcast, to start making videos, start writing. Um, so they're putting all those things now onto the front burner, things that they've been wanting to do for years. And then for other people, I've noticed that they're continuing to be on the, um, on the hamster wheel, the rat race, but it's like they're fed up now with the rat race. So what mm -hmm. used to be okay with the rat race is now like, like it's apparent now how they haven't taken care of themselves or how they have things that they want to do that they haven't done. So it's like two ends of the spectrum, which is pretty typical when we're going through this like polarity. Yeah, like why, why do people do that? Why do people wait until something happens and then then they decide that what they've been doing is not what aligned with what they want in their life. Why, why is that? Um, well, I think it's part of the excuse of time, right? Like, Oh, I'll do it later. Or, you know, you know, tomorrow. So it's almost like now we don't really have that excuse anymore. And I think people are realizing that they can actually do the things that they want. Um, I think they haven't gotten in touch also like why it's important for them. You know, people say they want to do things a lot, but it's like, what's your big why or your big what for? Like if you don't have a big what for, then you're not probably going to do anything. Like you go to the grocery store because you need to eat. That's a big what for. But you know, to clean your closet, if you, if there's not a big enough like fire, then it's not going to get you there. So people are often driven by either like a fire being lit under their ass or this like really pretty picture of the future that they want. And if the picture of the future is not big enough or the fire is not big enough, they usually tend to just kind of be stuck. 
-hmm. And I think that's like basic, I don't know if it's just like human psychology, we just kind of like the challenge or the, um, I don't know if it's the challenge, but just, it seems like we only learn the hard way. Has that been your experience, like learning the hard way? I have a bunch of divorced men in my group and they're only there because of something like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I start, I still struggle with the idea of, of why do we wait until it's too late? Like, yeah. I don't understand why people like, why do that. Um, so that was a genuine question that I had and, you know, it's, it was good to, to hear your take. And I think that's, you know, like we could have, we could just drop so many gems there off for people and, and have a strong why. And I think that's really super important because, you know, that's why, where I found out in Soba 10.0, what my why was. And every time I feel like quitting or giving up, I just go back to that. And I'm like, this is what I wrote down like three years ago. This is kind of like, you know, what I for myself in, in about five years, six years, seven years. And then, you know, why quit now when I'm already halfway there? So it doesn't really make sense in, in my head. Um, but for other people, when they don't have that strong why, when they don't see themselves six, seven years ahead of the curve or whatever, and, and, and really truly see the vision or the purpose, I guess it gets lost in translation. So I guess what we're saying and what Juliana is saying here is like focus on the things that you want in your life, write them down as to why you want to do it and what for. What have the some lofty goals, have? right? Yeah, yeah what's the, the impact. impact that doing that will have on you? Um, how will it shift other things in your life, like your relationships, if you did that thing? Um, like maybe it's like you want to do something so you can build trust in yourself and confidence. So thinking about even those types of whys are important. Love that. Um, let's shift a little bit to, you know, boundaries and uh, why that, that's also important in relationships, but also even because we taught you, we touched a little bit about how you said you have your own space. He has his own whatever space that he needs to do his things in. And then if not, you can go out and do your own things. And that's kind of like the boundaries talk, really. Um, and I guess like, you know, let's, I'll let you elaborate on that. Like, what's your take on boundaries? And like, you know, you talked a little bit of why they're important, but what's, what's, why is it such a, why is it such a big thing now? Yeah, boundaries are important everywhere in life, right? Not just in relation. Well, everything is a relationship. We all have a relationship with coffee. We all have a relationship with our romantic partner, with our friends. And it's important to have boundaries for everything, right? Like we have a skin that is a boundary to the outside world. Uh, and I think it's important because if not, we kind of lose ourselves if we don't have boundaries. Um, I was talking to one of my clients and you know, this period is really bringing up a lot of people's values, like, and creating boundaries around it, right? So I had a client, I was talking to her and her brother's staying with her and he doesn't see eye to eye on how to quarantine and how to like, you know, the whole after you leave process coming back. So they weren't seeing eye to eye. So she had to create a boundary because she was getting really angry and fed up that he was not listening to how she wanted to it for for it to be done at the house so she wasn't feeling safe at home and it's bringing up this period's bringing up a lot of people's values like because of the mm -hmm. quarantine and how people react to it and i'm finding it really interesting because it's it's all coming to the surface it was already under but it's coming to the surface so i think boundaries is important to create a safety within yourself 
to create a groundedness with, within who you are and to really stand up for yourself. Like when you don't have healthy boundaries, you let people infiltrate you, influence you, do things that you don't want to do. And then you start to like feel resentment, hurt. Um, you know, when I didn't create a boundary in one of my past relationship, I would just shut down and I'd get angry, but I wouldn't show it. So it was almost like I was trapped in myself. Mm -hmm. So I think boundaries. Yeah, almost... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say like, yeah, boundaries are so important and we're almost taught to like, I guess, people please and, you know, lo lose some of those boundaries to please another person or to let them feel more happy. You mentioned something really important. You, you ended up feeling resentment after that. And, and, and that's where you get what you get for not having the proper boundaries. And, and you also start to beat yourself up a little bit too. Well, I did. I know I did when I start to let either somebody infringe upon your boundaries. And I think another great important important, important point you made was that you let other people infiltrate on you and they can step all over you. And, and you know, that could get really ugly in, inside of any relationship. So um, you have the power, right? You have uh, complete control. And um, yeah, I think it's it's great that when you turn the, the, the focus inward, it's, it's always, better that way as, as opposed to focusing on out, on outwardly things, right? We talked about that, um, you know, focusing on like other people's messes and stuff like that. Um, I'm just curious, um, I was having a little bit of a debate uh, the other night about masculinity and femininity. Um, and so I was curious to know, and we're not having a debate right now, I'm telling you that, we're not, we're, this is just your, your opinion, okay? Mm -hmm. um, do you think that in a relationship, in a hetero relationship that uh, the men should at least lead in um, the relationship, like at least take the, I hate to say the word frame, but I guess, um, you know, take ownership of the relationship more so than, than the woman should. Like, do, what, do you, what are your takes on that? I think it depends for me personally on what aspect you mean by leading the relationship. Um, I feel like in my relationship, because I'm a coach, I lead on our personal growth as a as a relationship front. So when I can make distinctions around our communication, like that, you know, we're miscommunicating, there's something like that needs to shift, I bring that to our relationship. Um, think that I things that I think men should lead on or are, you know, where maybe the direction of where the relationship is going. I think men should lead on that um, just because I think a woman needs to feel safe in that way. I think it's all about what makes each other feel safe and leading from that space. What makes each other feel held, safe, heard, seen. Um, and I don't think it actually matters who leads. Like I, I didn't realize this until my, this relationship, but I guess I'm a bit of an alpha female. Um, so the dynamic is really going to shift and change for every relationship. I think it's important that someone leads in some areas and then where the other person doesn't lead, the other person leads in those areas. Like a compliment. Yeah. It's like you have, you're, you're saying that like, if, if I'm not great here, um, I expect you to do that because, you know, that's kind of like what your role is complementary to mine. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. Um, okay, no, that's great. That's that's just of what I was trying to get at as well in this in this 
conversation. So um, anyhow, I love uh, this entire conversation. We can go on for hours about that. I'm glad you brought up alpha female, but that would brought up like another 45 minutes of talk right there. So maybe we'll have you uh, talk about that dynamic on another show, because that would be a really, really great, great topic to talk about. Um, anyhow, um, so I guess when you're at home, is there things that you guys do for fun um, that I guess that you normally didn't do. Do you guys get creative with some date ideas now? Um, what are some things that you guys do, uh, like as a couple, when it when it's not serious, when it, when you guys are just lounging, kicking back? Yeah, I think uh, well, queue time is a little different, right? So um, it's kind of shifted and had to like get creative and out of the box about how we like enjoy our time together. We used to like going to new restaurants or you know going to see like some performance but now that's not available uh the thing that i've really been enjoying with josh lately is going on like walking adventures where we just go into like new neighborhoods or go for like a bike ride um, we enjoy having tea together and just having conversations about philosophy or about his work or about the future um, what else do we like to do? We like to cook together a lot more than we used to. Like we have more meals together now that he's working from home. Um, so there's always opportunity to create more connection, you know, even if it can seem like a lot just because we're in this period right now. But it's about creating intentional connection. Like, hey, I need a break. Are you on a break so we can actually connect and have like that intimate moment? Rather, before it was like, oh, you're just in the same space with me. You know, let's just, I guess we'll talk. So it, it seems like everything in this queue time is just more intentional. Communication, what we do together, what we don't do together. That type of thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, those are great tips. I mean, I'm sure there's people listening in who are in relationships that, uh, you know, and, and could take this in and stride and get creative with their own relationships because that's what it's all about. I mean, this, I mean, I don't know what I would do with, you know, if I was in a relationship right now, I don't know what I would be doing in a quarantine with, with her every day. Um, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably get stir crazy. I probably want to go outside too, go for a walk, um, get in, get in nature or get grounded with, with, uh, whatever's outside. Cause like, I mean, living in a concrete jungle is not, what we're used to anyway so no um I, I agree i second that get out get outside and, and do something creative um dance. are you just curious yeah dance i, I i'm just curious are you guys um do you, are you guys into like like star signs and things like that like are you guys into astrology do you guys like look up your star signs and see the compatibility and things like that i have looked up our compatibility compatibility. I wouldn't say Josh is necessarily super into it. Like he wouldn't go seeking it. He's open to it though. But I've looked at what are you? So my sign is Capricorn and he's a Pisces. So I've looked up if our sign is compatible. Um, and they are because of the water yeah, uh, and land. Yeah. That earth and water connection. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Cause uh, ground, earth, and water, they make great partners because of how complementary they are to each other, actually. Pisces are very big picture thinkers, and then grounded people are very, like, analytical, like, super smart, 
um, they they take things in in very very like difficult ways, whereas Pisces is like not too much on the, I guess I don't know I could be saying this wrong, but I think that's the gist of things. But no, that's cool. I I, I get curious because when I when I talk about um, I guess star signs to people, they start to be like, oh, you're one of those. I'm like, I'm, what exactly is one of those? You know, like so. Anyhow, I like, um, no, I, like it. I find it. I I dated a guy who was a Leo and they said we were not compatible and guess it turns out that it was true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I like talking, I like I like to hear the ideas of it because I truly think that like the time of year that you were born has a huge effect on you because socially there's a lot of things starting in September. So I was born in September. So school is always usually back in September. So like I was always like on the ball for some reason in September and there's always these new beginnings in September because that's when you start a new grade mm. and so every September for me it was just always this new rebirth of me like so every birthday I was just like okay it's the new me it's the new new year's or whatever for me and new year's was never a new year's for me because it was my birthday that's um, my birthday so, new year's <laughs> is it really yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes sense Capricorn that's hilarious so what's it like trying to um, I guess it's not hard to get people out for your birthday then, right? Because <laughs> everybody's already out. No, you but just I, celebrate on New Year's Eve, or yeah, I do. Um, but I like that because, like you mentioned, that the whole like your birthday is like this renewal period, even if it's in September. And I think it is. Like I think it's a time to reflect, and it just happens that my birthday is a time that everyone is kind of reflecting. But mm. I think, you know, it's when you're when you're going through something new or something is shifting, it's always a good time to just like check in, reflect, you know, what's been working this year? What did I accomplish? Get really present with the things that you did amazingly and things that you wish you would have done so that you can really create the next year. So I like that you said the new begin beginnings with your birthday. Yeah, I, and, and I think, like I said, we all have similarities. Like I think this, certain signs have similar I guess because of the timings of our birthday. So yeah, anyhow, um, I think this is a, a really great conversation. We've touched on so many things. Um, I do want to get a little bit of uh, some random five action going in because we have a bit of time. So we'll get a little bit. Don't don't be afraid to get a little bit goofy, but um, you know, I just like to ask these random questions so people okay. can get to know you a little bit better. And uh, so are you ready for that? Yes. Um, so what is uh, uh, obviously let's talk about like post corona um if you can go on a plane anywhere and go anywhere in the world after all this is done where would you go and why man it would definitely be somewhere with a beach like probably the philippines i've been dreaming of going to the philippines mm -hmm. for a long time and it's just because it's so beautiful and i love the asian culture uh being half asian myself and i, I love time island time and the beach Sorry, that's awesome. You cut out a little bit, but you said you're half Asian. What half Asian are you? I'm half Indonesian. And then half Australian. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Whoa. That's such a weird, um, not weird, but that's such an odd, like an odd, like not natural pairing. Like that's such a uncommon pairing. That's mm -hmm. what yeah, but that's cool. Um, are you reading any books right now or is there a, a favorite book that you'd like to share with us? I am reading this book called Women Who Run With Wolves. 
And it's really about like these tales and mythologies and it kind of dissects, dissects the psychology of these myths. So they go through a story and they dissect the psychology and it's really for, I don't think it's only for women, but it just talks about like the feminine aspect of ourselves. So I've been really enjoying reading that. And then I have about four books on the back burner that I'm going to read, which is like Marie Forleo's book. Um, I have like May Musk's book, like Elon's mom's book, um, and a few more that I'm excited to read. Well, that's kind of cool. I never knew that even uh, she wrote a book, so that's kind of cool. Um, so are you a reader? This is just a side question. Are you a reader or do you like to take audiobooks in? I'm a reader. I have not tried audiobooks, but you know I need to because people say it's great. So I'm a reader, though. Mm. I don't know what's wrong with me these days, but I, I I just don't have the attention to sit there and and thumb through a book anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, audiobooks has just been my my go-to, but that's kind of cool. Um, anyhow, uh, what's the third question here? Oh yeah, do you have any weird eating habits? Is there anything you ever get called out for when you're like, hey, why are you doing that or why are you eating it that way? Hmm. Let me think about that. Funny eating habits. Like for me, when I was a kid, do you know you know ripples? You know, like oh, sorry, ruffles, the ripples. Yeah. The ruffles, ripple chips. So like I would just like eat them like ripple by ripple. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, "What's wrong with you? you? Just bite the whole chip?" And I'd be like, "No, I'm just I'm chilling." And I would just eat it ripple by ripple. It was just the most weirdest thing I would ever do. That is funny. Um, <laughs> I think my mom the other day commented on how I ate my orange. Like I peel it in a weird way where I just peel. <laughs> Like I don't peel the entire skin off. I just, with a knife, like go all the way around the orange with the knife. And she thought that was pretty weird. I don't think a lot of yeah. people eat their fruit like that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, okay, that, that, that definitely qualifies. And, and I don't know, that's just, I, I like asking that question because then we get into like some really weird ter territory, but anyhow, so um, if you can meet anyone. Sushi also, oh, yeah, like, sushi, I, like right? to, I like to put like the wasabi on top of it. I don't really like to put it in the soy sauce. And I only like mm. a very little soy sauce so I can actually like taste all the fish. Like some people like to dunk yeah. it and just like, no, I'm like light soy and put the wasabi on the fish, not on in the soy sauce. <laughs> yeah, well, two things are coming to mind right now is that that's how Japanese people do it, do it anyway. They eat without soy sauce. That's like a, that's a North American thing, the soy sauce thing. Mm -hmm. And then you like you definitely like the, the the burn of the pain that goes in your nose <laughs> when you eat that wasabi, don't you? Like that's holy crap. Yeah. Um, I, it, it it does it does really burn. I don't know if I would recommend anyone do that if you haven't done that. But yeah, I know people who do. I know people who do that as well. They'll take the whole nub of wasabi and then they'll just put it on top of the sushi as well. They love the burn. Yeah. Um, okay, that qualifies. Uh, if you had to meet someone who has passed away right now um, and you have a conversation with them, who would it be and why? Hmm, that passed away. I would say, I don't know, Winston Churchill comes to mind. He just seems like a really fascinating person. Like one of my, my, one of my favorite quotes are from him and I think he was a great example of a good leader. So I just think that he would be an amazing person to talk to just about how he led during his time and like what skills did he learn and yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is. 
or Einstein interesting. Mm, yeah, I'd love to have conversations with both of them, actually. I mean, every old dude with, with who's all over the quote, you know, on, on the quotes on Instagram or things like that, they definitely have a lot of uh, thought behind those thoughts. So it'd be interesting to peel back the curtain on that. So no, that's awesome. Um, that brings us to the end of the random five. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with me and my guests and my audience. And I can't thank you enough for just being, you know, so vulnerably you and being truthfully honest about your situation and the quarantine and with your boyfriend. And so I really appreciate those insights because it does give perspective to my listeners and the ones that are truly looking for this information. I think it's just a great time to give it because, you know, quarantine can get pretty lonely. So, uh, or not lonely and, and, you know, you want to make it the best that you possibly can. And so um, I'm super grateful for you and I want uh, people to get a hold of you. So how can people get in touch with you? Uh, before I ask you the last and final question. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just wanted to thank you and acknowledge you for the impact that you make and for everyone's lives that you touch. These men are so lucky to have you. So thanks for having me and I'm so honored to be here. Um, people can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Juliana C uh, is my name on Facebook. Uh, my handle on Instagram is Coaching, J-U-S-I-H coaching. Um, or you can find me on my uh, website, www.julianacsih.com. Um, I'll be posting some new blogs coming up, so that'll be exciting and fun. Mm, interesting. That'd be awesome. Um, I will put all of that in the show notes so you guys can get to it in one click if you're listening here on iTunes or YouTube or whatever. It'll be in the show notes, so go to there and you can click on the links and get all the Juliana. Um, and so. Uh, let's get to the final question where everybody, I guess, tunes in for because this is kind of how everybody finds me. Um, but it is, you know, a good thing that we can leave them off with if they take this advice because I'm sure we've all been through this before. But it's centered around heartbreak and we've all experienced it one time or another and it comes in the form of divorce or breakups or you know, losing a job even, that could be pretty heartbreaking. So if somebody's down and out right now and they're heartbroken, what could you possibly say to them that could help them uh, out of that position? Um, I think what I would say to them is that it's okay to be here. It's okay to be there. It's okay to be sad. It's perfectly normal. And there's like nothing wrong with being in that space. Um, and I think I would take some time to actually sit with it like meditate, don't avoid it. I think what's really special about this slow down cue time is that we've actually been able to be with our feelings so that we can actually heal and get our needs met. So question yourself, like, what do I need in this moment, you know, to be able to move forward? Um, and yeah, get support, talk to a friend, talk to a coach, talk to a therapist. Um, I think now more than ever, we need that additional like being held. So hold yourself and be with it all. Like don't love stop, it. stop running away from the fear. <laughs> yes, love it. Juliana, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much.